We're back here whole nine yards on a Monday afternoon. Drew Pien here with Brandon Kikorian. Uh, a lot of stuff's actually happened over the weekend. One of the most action-packed weekends so far, but uh, how's it going? Uh, everything's good. Uh, yeah, I mean, March Madness, NFL free agency. Uh, there was some basketball news, too. So, yeah, there was a lot of stuff going on this weekend. Today's actually somebody's birthday. Is it your birthday? It's J.J. Watt's birthday. Oh, it's J.J. Watt's birthday. It's also my birthday, though. So. Oh, it is? Okay. Well, happy yeah. birthday. Thank you. Thank I was actually, you. you know what? I was actually wondering when your birthday was. I don't know why I was wondering that, but I, I was. Yeah, well, it's today. It's a pretty good day. I mean, it's like 60 degrees out, so yeah i'm not exactly sure what i'll be doing outside but i'll maybe i'll do something but uh yeah as far as Mad march madness is going uh round to 64 done with round to 32 halfway done with my champion last night oklahoma state was eliminated by oregon state pretty unfortunate uh i mean how's your bracket doing mine's actually doing pretty well it took a hit now two nights ago or at least i guess i'll say it was what was it saturday night um when texas lost i had texas going to my final four i still have my champion gonzaga uh still in there they play today um but texas lost oklahoma state lost i had them in my final four also so now i only have baylor and gonzaga left for my final four even though they I did have them both in the championship so i'm still good with that but i did take a hit with texas and oklahoma state losing yeah, I mean, I've got two Final Four teams out. Obviously, my champions out. I made I made a couple other brackets as well. I've got I've got a bracket with Michigan winning it all. That brackets, I mean, it's doing all right. I mean, I've got one Final Four team out, and that's Illinois. And I also had Illinois in the championship game, but so that was unfortunate. But uh, yeah, and I mean, I was looking good. Like the first day, I was looking pretty well. I, I mean, I had a couple like picks that I thought may could have worked. I had um. It was Colgate over Arkansas. That was looking pretty good when the game was happening, but then, I mean, it ended up being a 17-point game. But it was actually it was close the whole way through. Um, but that was a big. That was like an upset that I picked. Um, I think I had, I had Oregon State over Tennessee first round, and obviously they beat Oklahoma State last night, um, which I had them losing that game. But there were a couple of other ones that I think I picked. Um, I don't think anyone had. Um, Oral Roberts over Ohio State. That was yeah, one. Yeah, I was just gonna say. I mean, what's? Yeah. I think I had them in my lead eight, so it wasn't terrible. But you know, I wish they would have won the first round at least. Yeah. No. I. I mean. Yeah. No. Uh, I'd agree. But for me, Oral Roberts, hundred percent, the most exciting two games that I've watched. It's just. I mean, they're just such a exciting team. They shoot the ball really well. The game they just played against um, Florida was. I mean, it was so entertaining. Uh, I mean, we've only seen two 15 seeds now get to the Sweet 16. I forget exactly who they play. They play Arkansas. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm not. A, I'm. I'm just not too much of an expert on on college basketball. Um, I'm not sure that like a bunch of people really are. Nobody has ever, you know, can really predict this type of stuff. But yeah, I mean, I'll, I'm super excited for that game. I'm. That's probably the game I'm most excited for. Even though it's you know a 15 seed, it's just. I honestly, I want to see Oral Roberts go to like the Final Four. I want to see them go as far as they can go. I'll be, I'll be rooting for them for the rest of the the tournament as long as they're in it. Yeah, and it's weird looking at the games so far. I mean, it's only been halfway, but for the Sweet Sixteen, I mean, you have Baylor, Villanova, so that's a one-five. So I mean, that's pretty. 
I'd say it's pretty common. But then you have Arkansas Oral Roberts. It's a three fifteen matchup. Obviously, there's only it's, they're only the second fifteen seed to get to the Sweet Sixteen. Then you have Loyola Chicago, who took down Illinois yesterday. Um, that was a pretty that was a pretty convincing win. Honestly, um, they played like they deserved to win that game. That wasn't like a fluke game. They clearly outplayed Illinois that game. They're playing Oregon State, who obviously, like I said, beat Oklahoma State. So that's an eight twelve seed matchup. And then you have Syracuse, who beat. Um, who they beat? West Virginia. Yeah. So that's an 11-2. They play Houston. Oh, wow. I mean, did Syracuse just try to lose that game down the stretch? Yeah. It was it was miserable. I mean, I I was concerned there for a sec. I was kind of rooting for Syracuse. I mean, I, as, as far as, as, Mar- as March Madness and more in general is, con- or is concerned, I mean, I typically root for the underdogs, or the, in this case, like the lower seeds. Um, but, yeah, Syracuse, I mean, they, they tried to lose that game, really. Yeah, and the team they're playing probably should have lost last night against Rutgers. Houston, I mean, they – Rutgers, yeah. I thought Rutgers were going to win. They are up 10. I forget how much time was left, but they were up 10 um, somewhat late in the second half, and they just completely blew that game. I mean, they were up – I think it was four or five points, and they tried running out the clock on, like, three consecutive possessions. Yeah. Like, they just weren't – they weren't up enough points in order to do that, and that was just a bad loss for Rutgers. And um, it really looked like they should have won, which, again, that would have – it, then it would have been an 11-10 matchup for the Sweet 16. So definitely a lot of upsets so far, and there easily could have been a couple more, uh, you know, especially yesterday in those games. Yeah, Rutgers had so many bad shots down the stretch just trying to drain the clock, if that's if I can remember correctly. There's so many games I watched yesterday, but yeah. Uh, but as far as, I mean, east and west side of the bracket, uh, I mean, we've got some pretty exciting games today. I know Gonzaga plays today. Creighton, I have them winning it all in one of my brackets they play today. <laughs> uh, USC with Evan Mobley plays today. Uh, they play tonight. Michigan obviously plays today. I, I mean, so my second, you know, my second bracket that I have set up, so this this way I always have somebody to root for, I guess, to win it all. I have Michigan winning it all. I'm not, I'm not really confident in it, honestly. I could see, I could see LSU beating Michigan like today, honestly. Yeah, if Michigan sold their best player, then. I probably would have picked them farther. I think I had them losing in, I had them losing to Florida State in the Sweet 16. So if they would have had their best player, who I uh, he's out with that injury, I, I probably would have picked them farther. But yeah, they could easily lose today to LSU. Um, I wouldn't be surprised by that, honestly. Yeah, I mean, I think when you're picking this, Brett, when you were picking the tournament, I mean, like a few days ago or whatever, if you're gonna pick a one seed to go down in the round of 32, it was going to be Michigan and not Illinois, which ended up obviously, I mean, I guess Michigan could go out in the round of 32 as well, but I, I definitely did not foresee Illinois losing to Loyola Chicago. Even, I mean, I was just watching some YouTubers, you know, make their brackets or whatever, and even like loyal Chicago fans were like, yeah, I mean, we saw Loyola Chicago go on a run a few years ago, but I don't see it against Illinois this year. And I mean, I'm, I was, that was a very surprising game, but. Yeah, and you know, people were saying that they shouldn't have been an eight seed. I mean, I didn't watch Loyola Chicago. I don't really watch college basketball, but I definitely didn't watch them. Um, but people were saying they should have been a higher seed. It's just that they didn't play anyone um, from their con- like, I guess their conference just isn't that good, and they weren't playing anyone um, out of conference because of, like the COVID stuff. So I think people thought they really could have been like a five seed, maybe six seed, honestly. Um, but yeah, to beat Illinois, who was probably like the third best team in the country, or I guess like maybe the fourth best team in the country the whole year. Uh, yeah, that was definitely surprising. And they be- and they beat them from start to end of that game. It wasn't, they didn't have any lapses. They completely dominated them defensively. And 
um, offensively, whatever the center's name is, like the Crutwig or whatever his name was, he, I mean, he was the probably the best player in that game yesterday. Yeah. And as far as March Madness is like an, as a format, I just forgot because going into the tournament, I actually wasn't really too excited about it for some reason. But uh, when just watching all these games, it makes me remember why I actually just love March Madness. Just the one and done aspect of it is just so good. The fact that if you're just the better team on that specific day, you're gonna win and you're gonna and you're advancing. And if you don't play as the better team, even if you're the one seed. You know, you're not going home. And, and, you know, if you look at the NBA, the NHL and uh, MLB, all all these series are like if you have the if you have the more talent and the better coach, 90 percent of the time you're going to win. I mean, especially in the NBA, the only series that we've seen as of recent, like significant series where the better team doesn't win or the more talented team doesn't win is probably the 2016 finals. I mean, other than that, though. If you have the more, if you have more talent, you're just gonna win. You're just gonna win, and the one and done aspect of it, and the just the, especially close close games, the end of games, like just the, just the competitiveness. It's so competitive. It's like a game seven every game. It's it's so exciting to me, and yeah, and I honestly wish that uh, we could reverse. I, I wish I could go back in time a few more days, and then I could just do way more research on my bracket and stuff like that. But yeah. It, the the thing is though is like research doesn't even really help. It doesn't, I mean, but it, it like it, it can help in some aspects, I guess. But like it's, I mean, who would ever expect Oral Roberts to win, or um, Albine Christian, and you know all these teams to win these games? It's you know. No, yeah, that that is that is true, but because I used to do, I used to like l- try and do some research, but like you know, I feel like I know sports pretty well and. You know, I'd always have, like, maybe, like, we'd have, like, a 30-person bracket or a 30-person, you know, group, and I'd probably be, like, 15th or something like that. It's just, and then the person who doesn't do any research, they finish with the best bracket. It's just, you know, yeah. it's weird how it works, and no matter, like, even if you try not to focus, like, when I was making mine, I tried not even to, like, look at any stats or anything, and, you know, I did pretty well, but then, you know, you have the teams that upset, and then you have your teams that go into the Final Four championship that lose early, so it's, you know, it's all just... It's all just picking and choosing and guessing. It's you can't really do any research about this. No, yeah, you're you're definitely right on that. I mean, I think I forget. Uh, I think the game, the guy's name is Greg, who had the best bracket of all time. He was like the guy. He got. I think it was a few years ago. We got like the first forty nine games correctly or something. He was perfect up until the Sweet Sixteen or whatever. But uh, Oklahoma State last night. I want to go back to that. I mean, Cade Cunningham. What'd you think? What'd you think? I mean, he's gonna. He's a hundred percent gonna be the number one pick unless. Uh, some unless something weird happens but yeah I would assume he'd be the first pick uh he I mean he wasn't great last night but for you you know I think he he was obviously was their best player on that team and he had to do a lot in order for them to win that game so you know it's only one game um he had a really good season uh but he definitely wasn't great last night i you know, I didn't watch the whole game, but what I've watched, he just didn't look great. And, you know, for them, the reason I really picked him to go to the Final Four was I was thinking he can, if he could just go off every single game, which is hard to do uh, for, you know, the first four or five games, whatever it is to get to the Final Four. But, you know, last night was just an off night. I think it was 6-20 from the field, but he still had, I think he had 20 points or 24 points or something like that. So he can still have an impact if he's not shooting well. The game was super close and... Even the announcer ended up saying it. He was just like, it's a close game. 
Oregon State's going to have to play insanely well because Oklahoma State has – I mean, they probably have the best closer, just – I mean, or at least one of the best closers in in all the tournament. And, yeah, the, Cade, I mean, I'm not going to necessarily blame him. It is college basketball, and it's – I would say college basketball is more of a team sport than the NBA, and it's just – it's just, you know, it's March Madness. It's one game. But, uh, yeah, it was super disappointing to see Cade go down in the round of 32 because – he was – I mean, that, that was the team I wanted to watch the most was, was that team. And today, I mean, I'll be – I'm excited to watch USC. I mean, I'm excited to see – I mean, Evan Mobley I'm excited for. I think he'll probably be – he'll be a top four pick in the draft for sure. He might even go two. But, yeah. Yeah, and I, I was high on USC too. I think I had them in my elite eight. I had them losing to uh, Gonzaga. So – yeah, I was looking forward to seeing Evan Mobley play, Cade Cunningham play, because you're right, uh, Cade's most likely the number one pick. It's rather going to be like the Rockets or the Timberwolves who get that pick, and they'll definitely take Cade. Uh, and then I hope it's not. The, I really hope it's not the Timberwolves. I hope so. Not. I. I also hope so. Uh, that's not the Timberwolves because that's where people just go to die. Honestly, if you look at you yeah. know like Cat Wiggins. I know Wiggins wasn't great, but Wiggins. You know Edwards. He's probably going to be the same as like a Wiggins. So yeah, I. I at least hope it's the Rockets because they're at least a bigger market team. Um, I know obviously they've lost twenty games in a row now, but they're clearly just tanking because I would love to see I would love to see another ups uh, quote unquote upset where the sixth worst team like the Pelicans ends up getting the number one pick. Yeah, and it's not even you know the num now you know with the way they do the draft, it's like if you're the worst record in the NBA, you're honestly have a less chance of getting the number one pick than you did just like four years ago oh, when they changed yeah. the rules. So yeah, yeah. you'd honestly would rather have like the third or fourth worst record because I think you have uh, technically it's the same chance of like fourteen percent. It's, it's, it's the first. It's the three worst teams in the league have the same percentage. Yeah, so. but it it seems like it seems like the first the worst team in the league never gets the first pick ever since they changed it. I think it was three or four years ago. Yeah, I mean the Knicks had it, they didn't get it, they had the third then they had the third pick, and then the Warriors had it last year, they got the second pick, so Yeah, no, it is. I mean it's chance based. It's only yeah, like I think it's only a fourteen percent chance, so I mean it's it hasn't been a big enough sample size. But yeah, like as long as you know, we'll see what happens as far as that as a, as far as that's concerned. But yeah, I mean March Madness. Uh games going on right now. I know Iowa's playing right now. Right? I think they're down like fifteen. Yeah, they're down. Yeah, they're to down. Oregon. They're down. Who, I guess we didn't even talk about this, but, I mean, Oregon, they got a, you know, what was it, discontinuation against VCU, a disqualification, I should say. For yeah, the, the game was just like a no contest. And, I, I mean, I wasn't exactly too sure on, you know, how that how that works. I mean, I guess VCU was the one that, like, introduced the whole COVID thing into it. Yeah. Not, so I think was that just – was that why they were the ones not moving on, or was it just because they're the lower seed? I don't – to be honest, I don't even. I'm not even too sure on that. Yeah, I think I when I saw it, it, it seemed like it was a VCU problem more than an Oregon problem as to the COVID thing. So I don't know if that means they had a test or if someone they were yeah. near or something. It said but, multiple of them tested uh, positive for. COVID. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. So I guess that's why. Because yeah, it wasn't really. It kind of came up like 20 minutes before the game was supposed to happen, and it it came out that they weren't going to play in Oregon. Was just going to move on. So, I had Oregon winning anyways. I feel like they probably would have won, but like we, you know, like we've seen the first round, anyone could win one game, especially when it's a ten-seven matchup. Um, but if they beat Iowa, then you know, I, you know, they're up ten right now with fifteen minutes left. So, 
not saying it proves that they you know would have won that first round, but it definitely shows how it's more deserving that at least they beat a team in Iowa as the number you know two seed for. Oh, well, it's definitely not over yet. I mean, no, no, it's not. But there's 14 minutes left. I mean, it's not. But I'm just saying, if they hold on to win, then it, you know, yeah. it shows something though. You know, 100. percent as far as I mean, do you have anything left on? I'll just get into NFL stuff if you yeah, want. To, yeah. Uh, but there's been a bunch of. I mean, you, you just. I mean, there's again so much stuff going on this weekend. A bunch of NFL free agency signings. I mean, we'll start with. Well, I guess as far as the quarterback department's concerned, Trubisky signed with the Bills, which to me at the time was somewhat of a head scratcher, and and I'm not necessarily a head scratcher, but I was surprised that Trubisky would go to the Bills. I was expecting Trubisky to go to a team. Maybe not necessarily the Saints, but a team like the Saints where he might not be the favorite to be the starter, but he has a chance to actually compete in camp. And I think this is a a solid decision long-term for Trubisky to go to the Bills and say, you know what, I'm not going to start this year unless, again, Josh Allen gets hurt. But uh, I'm not going to start this year. I'm not expecting to play. I'm going to sit behind Allen. I'm going to soak in what Dayball has to say to me. And if Dayball gets a head coaching offer somewhere – Maybe he takes me with him, and, and then I'm there. I'm, I'm, I'm a franchise quarterback where I get probably the the most highly hyped-up coach going with me. I mean, Dayball is probably going to be the number one coaching prospect next year. Uh, so I'll get Dayball with me. I'll be the starter. I think it's a good move for Trubisky. I mean, as far as the Bills are concerned, I mean, I guess you get a, back, a solid, really solid backup quarterback, and now you've got uh, Trubisky – Matt Barkley and um, the guy from, I think, last year, Jake Fromm. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, not all three of those guys are going to be on the roster, obviously. I'd, I'd assume – I would assume Barkley gets cut, maybe Fromm. Uh, I'm not really – but, you know, one of them will get cut. Yeah, I think it's – I mean, what do you think on that move? Yeah, it's more for Trubisky, obviously, than the Bills. But, yeah, it's a, it was a one-year contract, but it's – you know, he's not going to play unless Allen does get injured. But he's most likely not going to play, and he's just going to look to compete for a starting job. Whether uh, Dayball gets a job, which he most likely will next year, uh, and he maybe takes him with him to compete for a job. Maybe he says he can be the starter if he sh- you know sees real improvement with him this season. Um, he can maybe go to a different team, compete for a job in uh, training camp. Uh, so he definitely has a lot of options after this year. Um, where teams are definitely going to give him a shot because he clearly has he doesn't have the most talent but he, he's mobile his arm isn't great but it's good it's good enough for you know maybe a team that's you know kind of like 500 a little less than 500 but he has some ability and you know he is over 500 in his career and you could say it's the defense or maybe just you know the teams that they were playing in their division uh, or other teams but he is I think he's 27 and 21 for his career so he's not again he's not terrible he can win some games is he going to win playoff games probably not but he can definitely win you eight games in a season if he has to if he's a starting quarterback for a decent enough team i say you could probably win seven games eight games at most which is never a bad thing for any team that's you know not going to make the playoffs you know so i think he could definitely get a job next year um but you know for the rest of his career he's most likely going to be a you know backup i would say no, I would I would 100% agree. I think I mean as far I do think it's a great move for Trubisky, but I also don't think Trubisky is good at all. I, I don't even if he gets a job with Dayball on another team. I mean, that's a bad move for Dayball in my opinion. I wouldn't I would not go somewhere to be a head coach and then have Trubisky as my as my plan for my starting quarterback. That's for sure. Yeah, I think I think this is probably what he's going to be in the future, which is 
probably the 33rd best quarterback in the NFL. Maybe even, you know, he'll probably be between 30 and 35 for the rest of his career, maybe 25 and 35. And I think he'll probably end up just, just end up being not necessarily the same play style as a Ryan Fitzpatrick, but in that kind of category where it's like, you know, he's a bad starter, but if you have him as your backup, you can't really get much better than that. Yeah. Uh, staying on the Bills, Emmanuel Sanders signed a one-year contract. I mean, I like the contract. If you're the Bills, you want to get as much weapons around as around uh, Allen as you can. It was only like one year, six mil for Sanders. So obviously, you're not tying him. You're not tied up long term. Just one year, six mil, going all in for this year. I mean, not necessarily all in, but I mean, San- Sanders is a great. He's a great receiver, and I definitely don't think he's. I don't think he's cooked at all. Uh, so I think one year, six mil is a solid contract for somebody like him. Yeah, I thought I thought it was a pretty. I thought it was a really good uh, pickup for the Bills. They already had. Obviously, Diggs, who's your clear number one. You have Beasley, who is getting older, but he's still pretty good. But he has had some injury issues. So you have Sanders, they're kind of similar players. Uh, Sanders can play more outside. But then you also had uh, your rookie wide receiver last last year, Gabriel Davis, who is he showed flashes. Uh, so for him to be your fourth receiver, that's a pretty good top four, especially when you think of the Bills and you think about over the last like ten years, they really haven't had a receiver. Maybe Kelvin Benjamin was like their best receiver. Um, for like a time, for like a year maybe, but even then, that's kind of stretching it. So to have four pretty good receivers, three I would say, and then Gabriel Davis has shown potential. Um, they're definitely still one of the top teams in the AFC. Uh, I think it's more so on their defense than their offense. I'm just gonna assume that Allen is still gonna play like a top five quarterback or a top you know seven quarterback. Uh, so this is a really good move, and the rest of their free agent moves were kind of re-signing pieces that they had over the last couple years. So. I think the Bills are um, probably a top three team in the AFC, along with the Chiefs, and then whoever that third team is, I don't know. Maybe it's the Colts, maybe it's you know the Browns. Uh, who knows the Ravens? But I would say they're definitely still a contender for Super Bowl um, after their moves. Hundred percent a contender. Hundred percent a contender. Uh, I, I expect a drop off from the Bills. I'm not going to get too much into the b- predictions because I'm sure we'll get into that later as the season gets closer to us. But yeah, I mean personally, I, I think. I like their moves. It's going to be tough to see if Josh Allen with now playing in a first-place schedule and definitely going to be most likely a more difficult schedule than last year. If he can continue to be a top – he was probably a top-five quarterback last year. So if he can t- continue to be top-five, I don't expect that. I expect him to probably be around that 9, 8, 8 to 10 range in, ter- in terms of best quarterback. I expect him to kind of drop off just a little bit. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I like the Sanders move, the Trubisky move. I mean, it doesn't mean much for the Bills, but I think, you know, if you need Trubisky to keep the, the boat afloat for a little bit, I mean, he can definitely do that. Uh, the Dolphins staying in the AFC East, I mean, they signed Will Fuller, Will Fuller to a one-year deal. Uh, I think it was like $10.5 fully guaranteed. I mean, I like the deal as well. It's a one-year deal. I don't think Will Fuller's a great receiver, but... I guess what else were you going to do with the money? Uh, so I don't, I don't hate the Will Fuller deal. Yeah, and he's going to be suspended for the first game of the season, but after that he's going to be fine. But, I mean, if you I mean, if you look at his year last year, I know, I mean, technically it was on PEDs, but he, uh, in the games that he did play, I think he had like, I don't know how many touchdowns exactly he had. I think he may have had like nine or ten. And he didn't, I think he played like basically half the games. Uh, so he was really productive last year on a team. I know they had Watson, but they really weren't that good of an offense. Um, so to go to the Dolphins, 
I'm assuming Tua is going to be the starting quarterback for their team. Uh, it at least gives gives him a weapon. I'd assume they also draft a wide receiver in uh, with their third pick in the draft. If they or, don't trade out, I think they take. Yeah, teams. if they don't trade out, maybe they even trade down a couple picks and maybe still take someone. I don't know, but I would assume they take a wide receiver with that pick. Uh, so to have Fuller there on a one-year contract, he's obviously has speed. He could stretch the field. Um, so yeah, I think it's a pretty good contract, pretty good pickup for them. Yeah, they also signed former Pats nose tackle. I mean, Adam Butler. I mean, I'm sure you probably don't have much to say about it. I mean, it's a good pickup for them now. He's a solid player. Uh, the Patriots, I mean, they had a couple signings I don't think we had the chance to talk about. I mean, Aguilar signed. I don't think we talked about that. Kendrick Bourne signed. I don't think we talked about that. Hunter Henry signed. I don't think we talked about that. David Andrews re-signed on a really good deal. I mean, four years, $19 million. That's a steal for Andrews. I mean, he clearly took way less money to stay. And that's why initially there was the report that, I don't know if you saw the report, but he was he was gone. That was the report, and yeah, Edelman even it. made a post about that on Instagram. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm surprised to see him back. It's good for the offensive line, though, because if I had to, if Ted Karras, who's just a, he's just a backup, he's just your standard backup flex guard who can kind of just plug a hole if somebody gets injured. If he had to be the starter, that would not be great. So to see Andrews back is good. I mean, what do you think about the Hunter Henry signing? Yeah, uh, it was three years, 37 mil, 25 mil guaranteed. Yeah, I think that's, I mean, they're going back to what they used to do with Gronk and Aaron Hernandez with a two tight end system, which they've kind of gone away from because they just haven't had tight ends like that the last couple of years. So to get Jonu Smith and Hunter Henry, again, we they're, they're kind of similar in that they don't really, they're decent at run blocking. They're like good, not great, but they're really good at pass catching and I know they got Kendrick Bourne and Nelson Aguilar, and they're probably trading Nikhil Harry, I'd assume, or maybe even like cut him. I don't know, but um, they don't. They have the you know they upgraded their weapons, but they're really going to rely on those tight end spots. And it seems like Cam is going to be the starting quarterback unless they draft Mac Jones or Trey Lance or whoever they do. But uh, to get those two tight ends, then uh, they may have overpaid for John o. Smith, but I think those are. I think those are valuable pickups for this team. And once you get your quarterback in place, I think that uh, their offense will be even more evolved with a quarterback who, who can actually you know move the ball downfield. Yeah, I mean, this this puts more pressure on Cam, believe it or not, at least in my mind, you know, because now he's got the weapons. I mean, he's got Smith and Henry, which alone is enough to, you know, he can't do what he did last year. He can't throw 10, 10 picks, eight touchdowns. That's, that's not going to be acceptable. I mean, just as and quickly, as far as Aguilar and Bourne are concerned, I'm just I'm slightly disappointed because Aguilar is the wide receiver we're getting. Like, this is the key guy that we're that we're bringing into wide receiver core this year. I just I don't love it. Two years, twenty six million. Eh, I just I I'm not a big fan of it. I think you could have gotten a better guy than Aguilar. I'm not telling you to go get Galladay because Galladay would have been four years at least, probably probably like four years, eighty mil. Uh, I, I'm not saying that, but I don't know. I'm slightly disappointed in Aguilar. I think the Bourne signing is he's a three he's a three guy. He's a three or four receiver. And he's not he's not he's not anything other than that. I mean, it didn't seem like you were gonna get like somebody like Juju because it seemed like Juju just wanted to stay with the Steelers and he was willing to do with what he was willing to just take. I mean, one year, eight million or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I was disappointed in the Aguilar signing really. Yeah, and speaking of Galladay, uh, I mean, he signed with the Giants four years, seventy-two million. Uh, so that I mean, that's kind of where people thought he was going to be. It was under, it was going to be under twenty mil, which is the elite wide receivers. He got eighteen mil per season. 
Uh, I mean, for the Giants, um, they needed a wide receiver like this. They have uh, Slay, and they have Ingram. They also got Kyle Rudolph. Uh, they also picked up John Ross. I mean, we'll see what happens with him. He's kind of a bust, honestly. He definitely is a bust. Um, so maybe he can provide some down-the-field presence for them. But, you know, for Galladay, if he can stay healthy, he's a really good wide receiver. I think this more matters about their quarterback than getting a wide receiver. Because it seems like people still think Daniel Jones is, can be that guy. I don't know if he can. I think he can be an average quarterback uh, who can maybe get your team to the playoffs, but he's not going to be the reason that you're winning playoff games. I think it's going to be their defense, which they've clearly made an emphasis on this past year. They also re-signed Leonard Williams. We talked about that. Um, so I think that this will have an impact on them, Well, but I think it more matters about Daniel Jones' improvement rather than just getting him a weapon because he hasn't shown enough for the first two years to be like, if you give him a true number one wide receiver, which we still don't really know if Galladay is, we think he is, um, then he'll be like, then he'll turn into a top 10 quarterback. I don't think that's the answer. I think it's getting the wide receiver helps, but you need him to improve with his own skills first. And then you could see if he could be possibly a top 10 quarterback. I mean, I think Jones has probably to me, I mean, he's going to get the full year to prove whether or not he's actually the guy, but to me, I only need to see probably eight weeks, half the year. Give me, give me until probably maybe around Thanksgiving ish. I, I don't think he is the guy, honestly. I'm, I just don't think he's that good. I think he was, I mean, he was clearly a reach at three, uh, regardless well, if you think he's good or not. He was like six. 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 Sorry, six. I think it was, yeah. Sorry. He's, I mean, he at six, he was a reach. Yeah. At yeah. the time, he was, people were saying, uh, probably a second-round quarterback. To be taking at six, I mean, you better be hitting on that pick at six if you're if you're taking that big of a, a reach there. Uh, I don't think he's the guy. I, I don't even like the Galladay signing, really. Like you said, I mean, he's not even probably he might not even be a number one. He might be a one A or a one. He's probably a one B. Yeah, I think he's a one B. I don't think he's. I just don't think he's that number one guy. And if he is your number one, you're not in the worst position, but you're not in a great one either. I think the Giants need more help offensively, whether it be at quarterback or if you want to, you know, compensate for not the greatest quarterback and get another wide receiver, whether it be through the draft or something. But yeah, I mean, Galladay is going to be 28 this year, four years, 72 million. Meh, I, I just I don't love it. I, I really don't. I don't think it's I, I if I'm the Giants, I don't think I'm doing that. So Yeah, no, there's definitely cause for concern. Like we said, he was basically injured all of last year. He's had injury problems. Uh and he, you're right, he is twenty eight, he's not twenty five. So, you know, we'll see over the length of this contract if it actually works out. But the big I think the biggest thing, the two biggest things is Jones and then if when Saquon comes back, which I would assume be the start of the season, um, it was only a torn ACL. And it happened, I think, like week two or week three. But if he can be like that true workhorse in your backfield, then you may have a chance because you can limit Daniel Jones's opportunities passing the ball. But I, I mean, personally, I don't think Saquon's that type of running back. I just, I think he's too. I don't know if gimmicky is the word, but he's, he's too hit and miss. Like he'll have like a sixty-yard run, and then he'll have ten rushes for twelve yards the rest of the game. Um, so if he can be more consistent, then possibly. But I, I don't know. I just obviously I'm a Cowboy fan, so I don't really like the Giants. Um, I don't really see him being like a ten and I guess what ten and seven team is that what it is now? I guess it would yeah. be ten and seven or you know eleven and six, whatever they'll be. I don't see them being that type of team. I no. think they'll still be five hundred, uh, but unless Daniel Jones really improves, which I don't think he will. I think we're on the same page about Daniel Jones. They have a chance to compete for the division, but other than, you know they have a chance to you know week 
11, we may be saying, hey, the Giants have a chance to win this, to win this division. But are they actually going to win it? In my mind, I, I just don't see them doing it. I see them, yeah, I see them being around that eight and nine or nine and eight range. So yeah, but uh, I mean, other free agency signings. Obviously, we talked. You talked about John Ross. I mean, you know, maybe it works out. If it doesn't, who cares? Uh, I mean, the Fitzpatrick signing on the Washington Football Team. He's going to be there. It seems like he's just going to be their quarterback next year. To me, I think people have really liked this signing, which I was kind of surprised by. I didn't think it was this, this love. This signing was going to get a lot of love, but uh, to me, I'm just not. I, I don't. I don't know that I love the signing. I mean, I don't think Fitzpatrick's a great quarterback. I think people. I think people think he's better than he really is. Again, he's probably in that. I talked about. He's probably in that 25 to 35 quarterback range. Probably closer to that 35. He's probably the 30th best quarterback in the league around. He can win you a few games, you know, Fitzmagic, that's not just a random nickname for, that's a nickname for a reason, it's not random. He can win you a few games, but he's going to lose you a lot. I mean, he's going to lose you, he's going to lose you a few games, and you're going to say, okay, we lost this game because Fitzpatrick either made this mistake or he couldn't make this throw. I don't think it's a great signing. If he's your quarterback, I'm not going to pick the Washington football team to win this division with, with Fitzpatrick as the quarterback. If you had somebody else there, there's a chance I could pick you to win the division. I mean, I don't think it's a foregone conclusion that the Cowboys win this division. They're definitely the favorites, but I don't think it's a foregone conclusion. I mean, what do you think about the Fitzpatrick signing? Yeah, I mean, I agree. I would say um, he's good for, like, spurts, like three or four game spurts, and then he kind of falls off. So if you were to, like, kind of go him and then Heineke, maybe back and forth, kind of like what they were doing with Tua and Fitzpatrick, maybe it could work because – their team is kind of similar to the Dolphins, um, which Fitzpatrick was on last year, where they have a really good defense. And offensively, they're not great, but, you know, they're good enough, I guess, if I mean, you have a good game. They're probably, they're probably better than the, the Dolphins offensively just because they just got Samuel, who we were, who we can talk about now. And yeah. now they got McLaurin and Gibson. Yeah, I mean, if those and if Gibson and McLaurin can stay healthy, then yeah, because you have Samuel, who again is, you know, he's not a number two, and McLaurin, he's probably not even a number one. He's probably more of a number two, but those are guys who are pretty good wide receivers. Who, um, along with Gibson, the, that's a pretty good trio of skill players that you have. But it, you're, I mean, it depends on what Fitzpatrick is going to do. If he's going to be the guy who comes in and goes for 302 touchdowns with no picks or seeing the guy with those three picks because he, you know he he kind of switches every single game where he can do that um, so if he could be somewhat consistent for the whole season or maybe they go back and forth between him and Heineke you know and their defense can lead them I would say maybe they can get to nine games you know I don't I don't see this this, this team being a double digit team uh, in wins but I would say maybe eight or nine games they could probably win other quarterback notable signing Dalton to the Bears yeah I mean that one I don't think people were very happy with that at least Bears fans um they I think the, the people they thought they were going to get Watson or Wilson which it seemed like Wilson was the more reasonable one but I just I don't why would the Seahawks want to trade Russell the, Wilson did you see the offer that reportedly they sent to Seattle but Seattle declined it was uh, I don't know if I saw it it was three firsts a third and two starters I want to say yeah, it's. I mean, if what would be the point of Seattle doing a trade if they're not getting back a quarterback? So, and the Bears had no quarterbacks to give. So it just didn't really make any sense as to why Bears fans really thought they were going to get Wilson. Because if you just look at a trade, I know, and I know the Bears were very aggressive in trying to get a trade done, but there was just no, there was no like 
route to get a trade done if you're not going to give back. Because the Seahawks are still a playoff team, so why would they give up a top five quarterback and not get a quarterback in return? It just didn't make any sense. Yeah, no, if you're if you're trading Wilson, you need a backup plan for quarterback, whether it be a super high pick that, you know, you can get a, a Justin Fields or a Zach Wilson with or or just an actual, you know, solid quarterback to to get in return, like maybe like a Darnold or something. But yeah, I mean, yeah, the Bears offered it was three firsts, a third and two starters for Wilson. The Seahawks just told them that we're not trading Wilson at this time, so yeah, I mean, obviously, I, I don't like the Dalton signing, but I don't know if you had any better options. I mean, who would you rather have as your starter for next year, Dalton or Trubisky? I mean, I I guess this team still thinks they're a playoff team, but maybe, maybe Dalton, but I honestly wouldn't be opposed to Trubisky. I think they were kind of just done with him. It seemed like... Um, Nagy, Ryan, uh, Matt Nagy, their coach, was just completely done with Trubisky. So, and it's, he's going to get fired most likely after the season, along with their GM Ryan Pace. So, you know, for them basically being on their last legs and to get Andy Dalton, it's just I, just, I think it's just going to be a disaster in Chicago. I just don't see Dalton. I mean, he was good with the Cowboys last year, but he wasn't. He's not good enough to lead your team to victories. And the Bears team, um, obviously, they let go Kyle Fuller, which we'll talk about probably later. But they're just not good enough to win games with their defense. And Allen Robinson is most likely going to want to get traded still. So what other weapons do they have on their team? It's just, I don't know, I feel like that's going to be disaster this season. I mean, I think, I think Robinson probably actually plays out the year. I mean, he, he's going to play on this franchise tag, which is, I think, 18 mil. I don't think he's I mean, he'll want to get traded. But I don't think he's going to. I think he'll probably play the rest of this year out. I think they're going to want to compete. I mean, I don't think Pace is going to trade Robinson because I mean, like you said, he's fighting for his job here. So is so is uh, Nagy. I, I mean, I think he plays the year. But yeah, I mean this this team, they're they're again they're another eight and nine team probably. And the NFC North is not a super forgiving division. I think the the Vikings probably rebound from last year the Packers are going to be there again they're going to be right there probably in the NFC championship game so and um I guess the biggest signing that we actually didn't talk about because it um happened after our kind of free agency podcast was the Trent Williams contract he signed for six years 138 million um I'm not sure exactly how much of that was guaranteed but it's the biggest contract in – I think it was just offensive line history. I don't think it was just tackle, which, I mean, clearly tackles get paid the most. But, um, yeah, I mean, he's – I think he's 30 years old, I want to say. So it's a big contract for a guy who has battled a lot of injuries in his career, also missed the season because of health-related stuff, and then he sat out the second half of that season. But he's still one of the best offensive linemen in football, but it's he's, definitely a huge contract. He's 32 like right now. So. He's 32. So, yeah, he's even two years older than I thought. So it's it's a pretty big contract for someone of his age and some of his injury history, too. He's just been so good. I mean, throughout his whole career, he's been so – he's been elite basically every single year, Pro Bowl level, if not all pro level. So, yeah, I don't know if I love the contract, but some team was probably going to give him that money or at least close to it. So – I don't think it's a bad signing for the 49ers. I mean, so protecting, obviously, I mean, getting a, so locking up a tackle like that for six years, I think it'll be good for probably at least half of that still. So, And, uh, I mean, I guess we kind of touched on it earlier, but Juju going back to the Steelers, he it was a, like you said, it was a one-year $8 million contract. 
it, the reports were that the Ravens really wanted to get him, and I don't know if they ever made an offer, but it seemed like they really wanted him. And he, Both the Chiefs and the Ravens made yeah, better offers. And the Chiefs. I forgot about the Chiefs. And he said no and just wanted to go back to Pittsburgh, which it seemed like that's what he was going to do all along. But I'd be curious to see if they did offer something, what it was, um, because, you know, Juju's not – uh, like what? What kind of money would he get? Probably like twelve to fifteen million on a multi-year deal. I'd say. I don't even. No, I don't think so. I think. I, think, I mean, on I a multi-year the deal, I'd say. Chiefs. I think the Ravens and the Chiefs are probably offering somewhere in that ten to eleven range in this depressed market. If it was a if it was a normal year, I think yeah, probably in that twelve to fourteen range. But yeah, I mean, I think the Ravens are probably offering him ten eleven, and he decided to go back to the Steelers on a one year eight mil. And I think he's going to be disappointed next offseason because, I mean, he clearly wants to stay in Pittsburgh. I think if Pittsburgh was willing to give him multi-years, I think Juju probably would have taken the multi-year deal. I'm not too sure. Who knows? Maybe he just wants to hit the market again in a not-depressed market. But I don't. I think he's going to be disappointed again next offseason because he's going to realize the Steelers just don't care to have him, and they're only going to they'll only have him back if, if Juju Smith is willing to take you know solid pay cuts. Yeah, I uh, I think that was his plan was to hit the market next year, but I think you're right. I don't think he's going to see that huge contract that he's maybe expecting unless he just has a huge year this year, which I don't think he will. Uh but it's I think for him, I think he kind of he he hit the market. He's going to hit the market just at a wrong time because if if he had like I know he was a rookie, obviously, when it happened, but that huge season he had with AB, if he was still playing with, like, Antonio Brown and, let's say, he didn't go, you know, crazy and everything like that, he would be one of the top wide, top wide receiver free agents just because people would think that he could elevate to that number one spot. But that kind of happened too early in his career, and he kind of hit the market at the wrong time. Yeah. Carson to the uh, Seahawks, back to the Seahawks, two-year, 14 mil. I mean, not too much to take away from that. Uh, the Cardinals. I mean, the Cardinals have signed low key a lot of veteran guys. I mean, they signed Green to a six, a one year six mil. They signed. Uh, they traded for Hudson. I think it was yeah. They traded a third round for for Hudson, who's old as well. I mean, obviously Watt. We knew that. I mean, what do you think about the Cardinals? I mean, I guess the Green signing and the and the Hudson trade. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how much AJ Green's gonna bring to the Cardinals, but. Uh, I guess it's a signing that I guess they have him, Fitz, and uh, Hopkins as their, I guess, their three best wide receivers. I don't even know if how much A.J. Green's really going to play, honestly. Just looking at his last couple of years, he has not been that productive. He's garbage. And yeah. I, I wasn't even a big fan of him back when he was in his prime. And not that he's a bad wide receiver. He was a clear number one guy, but he was a super soft receiver. I mean, I don't know if it was playing for the Bengals or not, but when he played like a guy like a Revis or a Gilmore or – even, you know, if you want to go to, like, a Ramsey type of guy, these types of cornerbacks. Co- so he was super soft. Uh, when he was pushed around on the line, he wasn't He wasn't looking to – he just he just didn't fight back. And I just – I didn't. I never loved A.J. Green. I don't think he's – he's not that type of receiver that I would love to have on my team. I mean, I would much prefer to have a – when A.B. was normal, I'd prefer to have an A.B. or I'd prefer to have a Julio or – not. And, and those guys are probably better than Green regardless. But just in terms of personality and – and fight and obviously i mean ab is different now but you know before then yeah well i mean his type of receiver is just out of the league like a des a demarius thomas like those are the type of receivers that he was which played five ten years ago but now you need guys who are you know are speedy and very shifty and 
who aren't guys who just go for 50-50 balls every single time and basically run a couple routes in a route tree, which is what he does. So he's just – the league kind of outgrew his type of play. So I don't know how much of an impact he's going to have. I guess he can have some. Um, But I think the Rodney Hudson trade's a pretty good trade because they need to beef up their offensive line. I know he's a center, so it's not the most important position. But to get uh, basically a perennial pro bowler like Hudson, I think that's a pretty big upgrade. Um, I know they re-signed another offensive lineman also. So to get Murray that protection, I think, was their biggest need. Um, And they got two guys who can do that. Uh, And then, obviously, I mean, I think this will be, you know, Cliff Kingsbury's kind of prove-it year, I would say. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets fired after this season uh, if they don't make the playoffs or at least have a really productive year, Um, which I don't think that's the worst thing if he gets fired. That's probably the best thing for that team going in the future. But... Uh, yeah, these you know the AJ Green could be somewhat you know limited the impact, but I think Rodney Hudson's a pretty big addition to their team. You know, you're 100 percent right about Kingsbury. This is his year. I don't know if he. I mean, I would expect them to be around that nine and eight range again, and I think they'd be better if they were not in a in the by far the best division in the league. But they are, and uh, I think the, I think ownership expects Kingsbury to to get those that team to the playoffs, and if they don't, I think yeah, there's a definitely a solid chance he gets fired. But I think that's basically it. I mean, Pat Pete to the Vikings on a one-year, ten mil, old. I'm not. I don't yeah. really love the signing. He's not. He's not the same player he was. He's nowhere near the same player. Yeah. Oh, uh, I mean, the Cowboys getting Keanu Neal, and he's gonna. It looks like he's switching to linebacker. Yeah, he's gonna play year. linebacker for us. So. And there's no guarantee he even makes the roster, but. What. I said there's no guarantee he makes the roster. I mean, I think he'll make the roster. I mean, I think he will, but I. I mean, he's one of those he's one of those veteran guys that's on a very cheap deal. I mean, like I well, wouldn't be surprised no, if Pat Pete didn't make. Well, the thing is, I mean, he is a veteran guy, but he's only twenty five years old. So, I'd be surprised if he didn't make the roster, especially since Dan Quinn's there, Joe Witt uh, Jr. is there, who was also a defensive back coach for the Falcons when Keanu Neal was with them. Um, so, I expect him to be on the team. I don't know why he wouldn't. No, I, I do too. But I'm saying, I just he might just be washed. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. And I well. Think- I, I mean, I don't think he's watched. I mean, he's had. I mean, if you look at his year last year, he had a very productive year. He's just been injured the last couple of years. That's exactly. All. But I mean, that doesn't mean he's washed though. He's just been injured. Well, but okay. I, I'm not saying he's not going to make the team. I'm just saying I wouldn't be surprised. I think he's. I mean, he's not necessarily an AJ Greener. He's not. He's not super old washed. But yeah, I mean, I think there's a chance he doesn't make the team. He's only in a one-year, five million dollar deal. He's not easy. He's not a hard player to cut or anything. So I mean, I, I think he'll make the team, and I think he'll be productive. He was he was definitely he's definitely been a solid player. So, but yeah, I mean, what, it'll be interesting to see what that switch looks like to linebacker. I'm not exactly sure what that's going to look like, but well, I think he is a linebacker. I mean, he's not a good coverage guy. He's like a Jamal Adams, but just not obviously as talented as Jamal Adams is. But he's that guy where he plays safety, but is really a linebacker where he doesn't he's not good in pass coverage and he's not good at picking the ball off or you know deflecting balls. He like if he was a linebacker his whole career he'd be a top linebacker but he just happened to play safety. He's kind of like Buda Baker, you know, like Jamal Adams, like those type of guys. Mark Barron, he was obviously a safety that went to linebacker and was more productive. So, he's I think he's just a guy who's like Isaiah Simmons also last year who got drafted. He could play linebacker but he could also play safety, the nickel. He could play so many positions. That's kind of like what Keanu Neal does. We technically didn't talk about Joe Tooney. Um, did so, we not? No, we didn't. 
because oh. I only made I made the TikTok about that. By oh way, yeah, we'll yeah. talk we'll talk about that later. And they also um, the Chiefs also signed Kyle Long, who came out of retirement. Yeah, I mean he again he might not even he might be a guy that doesn't make the roster. I would be honestly I I'm betting on the fact I don't think he will make the roster. I don't think he will. Um, I think he will. I mean to come out of retirement and then get a contract like that. I feel like you're almost guaranteed. It's to a the one. Contract. It's a one point five million dollar deal. Yeah, but I don't know. Just coming out of retirement like that for a pretty good offensive lineman for a team that needs help on their offensive line, I'd just be surprised if he did get cut. Unless he's just not even close to the same player that he was before he retired. I think which is a chance. possibility. Yeah. But. I, I mean, I'm, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if you made me bet. I'm not exactly sure which way I go, but I, I yeah, he's a guy that I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't make the roster. But Tooney, five years, eighty mil. I think it's a solid contract. I mean, he's a guy that. I mean, I've seen him as a Pats fan for the first five years of his career, or four years. I think it's I think it's five. Uh, he's he's started every single game that he's that he's played, and he started all of his years. He's started all sixteen games. He's not a guy that gets hurt. I mean, like I said in the TikTok, which you know you can feel free to check out. I'll talk about it later. But he may not he may he may not be your Quinton Nelson type of guard, and he might not be your Zach Martin in your prime type of guard. But he's super good. He's an A minus guard. And he's on a he's on a fine deal. He's not he's not injury prone. He's gonna probably start every single game of that contract, or if not, pretty close to it, unless there's a freak injury. But yeah, I, I like the contract. I mean, obviously, we saw protecting Mahomes is gonna be huge going forward. So, uh, and I'd say the last big contract that we didn't get to talk about, which honestly kind of went under the radar, I'd say, was Bud Dupree. He got a five-year contract from the Titans for eighty-five million. Um, I'm not sure what the guaranteed money on that was, but obviously Dupree, 35 mil. 35 mil. So, yeah, I mean, that's a pretty good contract for someone who's been productive on the Steelers. He obviously tore his ACL, um, I want to say, like half, kind of halfway through uh, last season. But he, I would say if he didn't tear his ACL, he probably would still be on the Steelers. But um, they didn't franchise him. They let him go. He goes to the Titans, a team that needs someone defensively to rush the quarterback. They thought they maybe got that in Clowney last year. Obviously, he wasn't the answer. Uh, so, you know, for a team that needs defensive help and that, you know, still is, a, you know, they're still a playoff team. Um, they're not a team that's going to, you know, get to the Super Bowl or anything like that or AAC championship like they did. But I think it's a good I think it's a good signing for a team that really needed help in that position. It's not a bad signing. However, I think, again, I think this is a guy that three years into this contract, he could be a cut candidate. I don't think he's that great of a talent. Obviously, they are super desperate for pass rushing, so it's not a horrible contract as far as the Titans, you know, as far as they're concerned. But I don't think he's like that match made in heaven type of guy that you signed to a five-year, eighty-five mil. I don't think he's. I don't think he's. I don't think he's as good as a Shaq Barrett. I don't think he's as good as some other pass rushers we've seen on the market recently. We also didn't talk about Justin Simmons, by the way. I don't know if you had anything to say about that, but he he got franchise tagged and they agreed on a four-year, sixty-one million dollar contract, which to me. I mean, would you rather have Bud Dupree, and these are completely different positions, but would you rather have Bud Dupree on a five-year 85 or, or Simmons on a four-year 61? And I know that it's a bit different because Simmons was franchise tagged, but I mean, a four-year 61 is a bargain in my mind. Yeah, but I mean, it is, it is a safety, so they're not obviously not going to get paid as much. Um, and then looking between a safety and a defensive end, I know, I mean, I guess technically he's an outside linebacker, but he's a defensive end. I'd obviously go with the pass rusher because he's just more valuable to my team. Uh, but, you know, Justin Simmons, he's been very underrated since he got drafted, and basically because the Broncos have been bad, and he's also a safety, so people just kind of overlook. But, you know, for that contract, that's a pretty good contract for him. Um, 
I you know there's not much to say only because people just don't really talk about him. But he you know for someone like the Broncos who and again they signed Kyle Fuller to a one year nine and a half million dollar deal who I really want the Cowboys to sign. I just don't know if they had the um they didn't have the relationship like they're obviously the Broncos had coached Vic Fangio which was defensive coordinator for the for the Bears when Fuller had his best season in 2018. But um, yeah, those are two really good. I obviously some Simmons was a resign, but they got Fuller. They also got Ronald Darby for the Broncos. So if the Broncos could figure out their quarterback situation, they could be obviously they wouldn't be like a threat, but they could be a somewhat playoff contender because they do have a pretty decent team. I agree. Uh, I, mean, I think they'd obviously need a new head coach. Fangio is not that type of coach, but um, I think next year I think the Broncos could be a very good team if they could figure out their quarterback situation. They were a sleeper last year, and I think, and I, I don't know if I, I don't, I don't think I predicted them to make the playoffs, but I, they were a sleeper team according to a solid amount of people, and I think they could be a sleeper team this year. I mean, they've, they're going to get Cortland Sutton, um, obviously fully healthy again, Jerry Judy. Uh, it's going to come down to the quarterback. I mean, I'm not. You have Melvin Gordon as your running back. Obviously, losing, you know, Philip Lindsay is kind of a blow, but I mean, it's really not much of a blow. You've got two solid receivers. One of them could be an A, a one A. They could be a one A, one B. I mean, they could. They they're both full of potential. Clearly, uh, yeah. I mean, I think they're if they can figure a quarterback. Yeah, hundred percent. And uh, I guess kind of not maybe not breaking news, but I guess for when it's happening, uh, Iowa just lost to Oregon, ninety five eighty. So that probably busted some more people's brackets with that. So Oregon did hold on to beat Iowa. So that's another one two seed that went down early in the tournament. Yeah. No, that's actually crazy. Yeah. And it looks like Watkins visiting with the Ravens today. I mean, not that that really means much, but yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, Iowa losing, that's actually crazy. Yeah, so that's, uh, what is that? That's Illinois is down, Iowa's down, Ohio State is down. Um, I mean, out of the tournament, I mean, obviously. Texas uh, as well. Yeah, Texas, West Virginia. So... A lot of high-seeded teams, which honestly for this year, obviously Virginia lost first round too. I picked Ohio in that game. Um, a lot of – and I know college – I didn't really follow it that much this season, but I do know that there really wasn't a clear – I guess I guess Gonzaga and Baylor were the clear-cut two best teams in the country. But really other than that, a lot of the other teams, the top teams that you'd think, lost a lot of games. And as we've seen in the tournament so far, they haven't been the dominant top seeds that you would think – would you know that we usually see in uh, the in March Madness? I'm, I mean, so so Gonzaga plays in 20 minutes from now. So you know, by the time people will see this episode, the, they'll have played. But I'm excited to see that game just because, I mean, I think they're definitely the clear cut number one team going into the tournament, and they're still the clear cut number one team. I think they're most they're what most people are picking to win the, the tournament. They beat Norfolk State what a few days ago two days ago by they basically i mean they beat him by like 40 so if they can blow out oklahoma then i'll probably have some confidence in gonzaga but maybe it's just because of like you know the past however many years a lot of years that gonzaga's kind of just disappointed and they've never maybe it's also because they never really produce great nba talent not that that means anything to do with college basketball maybe it's just a slight bias of mine I've never been too big into Gonzaga. Like, I actually picked them to lose, I think, in the Sweet 16, which I don't think many people would pick that at all. But, yeah, I'm, ex- I'm excited to watch that game against Oklahoma. Yeah, I thought they were the best team going into the tournament, and I picked them to win, so I thought they just were the best team. They also had a pretty easy path, honestly. Um, but, 
I yeah, I think that the, that game's going to happen in 20 minutes. You guys will know what the score is, but I expect them to be a pretty dominant showing against Oklahoma. But yeah, I mean that's that's it though, right? Yeah, I was yeah. going to say I think that that's about it. We so that's basically everything free agency wise. Maybe there's a couple names that are still out there, uh, but nothing, no huge names that are still really out there. Uh, so it's really for NFL. It's really just getting to the draft, which is in a month and I think a week, or maybe even just a month and a couple of days. So that we'll we'll do something about that. We'll make a top you know 15 list, maybe even for whole first round. Who knows? But we'll at least do something for that. Uh, and then we'll obviously be talking about it. You know who goes. Uh, obviously, I think people know who's going to go one, but who goes two, three, four, five, where the quarterbacks all go. So that would be very interesting when we get to that. Yeah, I'm I'm hyped for the NFL draft. Uh, as far as other stuff is concerned, not about the show. Uh, the whole nine yards is a TikTok that'll be in the description. Obviously, the normal stuff will be in the description. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, other social medias. Please follow them if you want. If not, that's fine. Uh, feel free to like, post, or whatever. Do whatever. Uh, should be uploading TikTok somewhat consistently. Uh, we made a couple of videos about a couple of signings. Like I know I made one about the Tooney signing, so. Feel free to check all that stuff out. Obviously, the Clips YouTube channel as well. Uh, we're still looking to upload on that. So look at everything in the description. Brandon, you have anything else to say? No, I would say that's it. Um, so I guess our next episode is going to be uh, Friday. So you can go check that out when that yeah. goes out also. Friday at noon. All right. Bye.